so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. Welcome back to the Digital Public Square, a podcast from the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission about ethics, theology, and philosophy in today's society. I'm your host, Jason Thacker, and I serve as Chair of Research and Technology Ethics and also help lead the ERLC Research Institute. Each week, I'm joined by some of society's most influential thinkers, writers, and leaders to talk about the important ideas shaping our society today, as well as some of the top issues of life in the digital public square. Our goal with this podcast is to equip you to navigate these issues with biblical wisdom and insight. As always, alongside this podcast, we also have the weekly tech newsletter that you can sign up to receive each Monday morning. This resource is designed to prepare you to think deeply about the pressing ethical issues of technology today, as well as stay up to date on life in the public square. You can subscribe now at jasonthacker.com slash weekly tech. Well, in today's episode of the podcast, I want to do something a little bit different than we normally do. When I originally started this podcast, it was called Weekly Tech, and we originally started just talking about some of the big technology issues before us today, before we shifted over to a new format that's more conversation-oriented, where I bring in various leaders and thinkers onto the podcast to talk to them about their books and their work and some of the things that they're doing in the public square today. Every once in a while, especially as we begin a new year, I want to take a little time to talk about some of the big pressing technology issues are some big stories that I think we should be aware of in the public square. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to talk to you about some various ethical issues and technology that I see and that I'm going to keep an eye on as we move into 2022 and also give you some resources that can help you to think wisely about these issues as you move forward. Back in 2020, Lindsay Nicolay, our managing editor here at the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, gave me an idea and she said, hey, what if you wrote about some of the big ethical issues that you're thinking about for this next year, just to kind of lay them out, to give kind of a lay of the land for folks as they're thinking about these various issues. And I started this back in 2020 with a post about three big ethical issues that I was kind of focusing on or I thought would be important that year. And based on some of the feedback that we received from the article, we continued to do that in 2021, and I wanted to do that again this year just to kind of give awareness for some of the big issues that we're going to be talking about not only here on the podcast, but we're talking about in our work at the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. It's been really fun to have the opportunity to highlight some of these top ethical issues of technology as we begin a new year. Back in 2021, I wrote about the concerning trends of content moderation specifically in a lot of things we've talked about here on the podcast in regards to free speech and religious freedom in the digital public square, as well as some of the growing concerns over facial recognition technology and the ongoing debates over personal privacy and data collection today. While many of these same issues will, I think, carry on into 2022, some have given way to some larger concerns about pervasive surveillance, in addition to the threat of digital authoritarianism that we'll talk about here in a little bit. 
for all of the good ways that we use technology and a lot of the benefits that it brings into our life, we have to realize what technology is and what it's doing to us. In reality, technology is much more than just simply a tool. It's something that shapes and forms us in very particular ways. It really has profound and consequential effects on all of us as human beings. It's shaping us. It's forming us the way that we view ourselves and understand who we are as human beings. It's changing and shaping the way that we see our neighbors and who they are as image bearers of the Almighty God. It's also changing the way that we even interact with God himself or the local church around us. It's changing us in very particular ways because technology has values. It's created for certain purposes. It is encouraging us to use it in very particular ways. And so as Christians, one of the most important things we can do as we think about technology issues or as we think about ethical issues in the digital public square is to slow down, to ask the hard questions, to say, what is technology? What is this tool? What are the ways that it's encouraging me to use it or pushing me to use it? including maybe how we see and engage other people around us. While many in today's society are reframing in many ways what it means to be human, Christians know that every single person is created in God's very image and that we have inherent dignity because of that image, because of the way God created us. This also is, we know that as human beings, our identity as Christians is rooted in God, our creator, and that we're to love him and to love our neighbor as ourself, as we talk about a lot here on the podcast that Jesus says in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and also to love our neighbor as ourself. This question of human identity is central to so many of the ethical issues that we face throughout society, and in particular in the digital age, because technology isn't really a different or a separate set of issues that we face as the church, but really a core element or a part of some of the most major and consequential issues in the public square today. If 2021 taught us anything is that we have to take these ethical issues, particularly in technology, seriously. Technology isn't something that's far off, that's not in part of our lives and not influencing or shaping or changing us, but it really is changing and upending so much of how we think about ourselves and other people in the world around us. The church needs to understand that technology has in many ways become one of the primary disciplers of our people. It's forming our people in very particular ways that we may never fully understand. And in light of all of these realities, in light of what technology is and how it's shaping and forming us and how it's changing the way that we view other people, here are the four big ethical issues that I think we should be aware of and kind of keep an eye on as we move into this new year. First and foremost, one of the most important, but also one of the most talked about technology issues today is the debate surrounding content moderation and free speech. Of all of the issues in our society that we face today, there's widespread agreement across partisan lines that content moderation is one of the most consequential debates today. Even if that agreement really only consists of an acknowledgement that the current state of things and the current debate is not sustainable in the long term. Some, whether on their left or on the right, argue that technology companies just need to moderate more content, especially surrounding the rise and the ubiquity of fake news, misinformation, and even the proliferation of so-called hate speech or even violent acts online. While others argue that these technology companies are simply suppressing certain types of speech that they inherently disagree with on ideological grounds often and acting as unaccountable moderators in this open marketplace of ideas. This is one of the most hot button and talked about ethical issues in technology today and for good reason. 
a lot of the things that we do today, we live our lives in many ways online. We connect with one another. We share information. And so much of that is flowing through these technology companies and the platforms that they've produced. And it's creating real questions about the nature of free speech and free expression and the nature of religious freedom, especially when the Christian worldview or the Christian understandings of who we are as human beings and how God has called us to act in this world are increasingly at odds with an increasingly secularized society. In 2022, these issues are really only going to become more controversial and divisive as major political parties, especially here in the United States, but also parties and governments around the world, debate and possibly even legislate how and by what standard these private companies should moderate and suppress certain types of content online. What are the rules of the game? What are these policies? How should they be set? Who should be making those decisions? Is this more of a government coming in with certain types of regulation or the social media companies? Should they be policing themselves? This is a really core question. One of the key elements of this debate is where are we going to draw the line over free speech and the nature of religious freedom in the public square today? So make sure to keep an eye out, and we'll have a lot of different content, whether it's at ERLC.com, through the Digital Public Square Research Project, as well as here on the podcast and through the weekly tech newsletter surrounding this really important conversation surrounding content moderation and free speech. Next, one of the most talked about, especially in light of this last week with the one-year anniversary of the attack on the United States Capitol, there's been a lot of conversation surrounding misinformation, disinformation, fake news, and even conspiracy theories. And even before we jump into the issue itself, that may be something that you're uncomfortable with. You don't like that language. You see how politicized it's become, how polarizing it is. And one of the things that I think we need to do as Christians is when we engage these conversations is to slow down, to define the terms of the debate, to say, what are we actually talking about here? And then also to say, how are we participating in these things? How are we sharing things maybe online that just kind of whet our appetites or seem to align with the things that we want to be true? How are we maybe sharing misinformation unknowingly by sharing an article without reading it first or even understanding the basic tenets of the debate? There's a few different articles we can link to in the show notes, but one of the most powerful three words that I think we can use as Christians today is the power of I don't know. We don't have to be omnicompetent as Christians. We don't have to be omnicompetent because we're not. We're not gods. We're not like God in that sense. But God has created us in his image, and he calls us to have a, a responsibility, a responsibility for all of our acts, including all of our speech and the things that we share. Because as we've seen over this past year, especially with misinformation, the things that we do and say online have real-world consequences. Over this past year, I've heard from countless pastors and ministry leaders about how to navigate the rise of fake news and misinformation and conspiracy theories, especially in their local churches. Now, I know you may stop right there and say, I don't know of anyone who believes a conspiracy theory, or I don't know anyone who is actively sharing misinformation or fake news online. And some Christian leaders have pushed back on me to say, misinformation is not really a problem that's plaguing the local church today. But I would argue this is because we've, this is kind of the age or the spirit that we live in in some sense is that we don't really understand the ubiquity of fake news, the ubiquity of misinformation, because this isn't a partisan issue. This isn't a left or a right issue. This is the world that we all inhabit. In many ways, we've become so accustomed to propaganda or fake news and misinformation that it becomes as natural as 
like Jacques Ellul said in his technological society, it becomes as natural as air and food that we have plausible deniability. We can say we don't know about it. We don't see it around us because we've just become overly accustomed to it. And almost no one truly believes that they are themselves spreading conspiracy theories or fake news because they do believe it's true. And so if you ask them, is that a conspiracy theory? Well, by no means it's a conspiracy theory because it's the actual truth. And so I think that can be something that as we engage people in these conversations is to know that when we talk about misinformation or conspiracy theories or fake news, the walls can go up. But as Christian leaders, as we engage in some of these debates, we can do so with a tender heart. We can do so with full of grace and mercy because one of the most subtle and deleterious effects of technology today is how society perceives truth and how our, this information overload, this overload of information where every single day we're exposed to millions upon millions of bits of data and stories and articles and news outlets and news updates, and we're constantly inundated with just an overwhelming amount of information is that it's causing all of us to many ways lose grip on reality because we don't take time to slow down. We don't take time to dwell and to think deeply about the things before us because there's something else that can get our attention. As we've seen, there's been many studies over the last few years that our attention span is increasingly decreasing with the more technology that we're using because we're going faster and more efficient that Jacques Ellul has talked about. This isn't an isolated occurrence, the rise of fake news and misinformation, because it's a cultural practice across all political, social, and even religious grounds. While this debate over fake news and misinformation and what to do about it is really complex, as I said, I think one of the most countercultural things we can do in the midst of an information overload, especially with the rise of fake news and information, is just simply to say, I don't know, or maybe not to participate, maybe not to share something. Maybe we don't have to share our thought on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Maybe we don't have to engage in every single debate because maybe we're not competent. Maybe we're not trained. Maybe we don't understand the tenets of the debate. This slowing down can encourage us to have this epistemic humility or a humility that's saying we don't have to know all things. We don't know all truth. We haven't taken time to dig into those issues, Ed, and that you don't have a formed opinion because no one is deserving of your opinion. You don't have to share what you think on every single issue. Is that in a world of generalists, we can be specialists. We can have an area that we focus on, that we speak to, that we write about, that we teach about, that we encourage and challenge other people with. Conversations around these problems of misinformation and fake news will only grow in 2022 as our society awakens to the fact that misinformation and fake news have real-world consequences. No longer can we deny that the actions that we take online don't have any kind of real-world or real-life consequences. Instead of seeing people as, or the things that we do online as just bits of data, we have to realize that they're flesh-and-blood human beings, that it isn't just simply an avatar online, but it's a person. And that person is inherently full of dignity and respect because they're an image bearer of God. And so as we talk about moving into 2022 with the rise of misinformation and fake news, I think it's important for us to be thoughtful and to be thinking about how do we engage in these really controversial debates and understanding not only what is going on, but how technology is forming and shaping us, especially in the ways that we perceive truth. One of the other big issues that's kind of made the list over a couple of years now is the rise and proliferation of digital surveillance and data privacy. 
Amidst all of the digital issues that we face today, there's one issue that always seems to be right outside of the limelight in society, but also going to be one of the most consequential kind of central ethical concerns of 2022. With the ubiquity of technology and our dependence upon it, there's a vast and growing concern throughout all of society and across all of the world over personal privacy and the use of data. Because what once wasn't something that was very consequential to have to know a couple bits of data, today there are countless bits of data. There's gigabytes worth of data that is collected on us and the things we do, the things we buy, the things we watch, the places we go. And who has access to that data and what are they doing with that data? Governments around the world are beginning to or have already started to regulate the flow of data and who has access to it, often focusing on a right to privacy. This conversation has been developing over the last few years, and especially in the United States, there's been a continued push for some sort of federal digital privacy law, similar to that found in the European Union with the GDPR or states throughout the union, especially in California with the California Consumer Privacy Act that passed a couple years ago. In 2021, we also saw a lot of movement in this space centered around what it would look like for the United States to have a digital bill of rights that focus on our digital rights in today's society. And this is going to be increasingly important as we move into this digital first world. For Christians, the right to privacy isn't derived in the many ways that the non-Christian ethical theories think about it. For Christians, a right to privacy isn't derived from moral autonomy or the freedom of the individual in the sense that we are untethered from any moral responsibility for others or even to God himself. This is one of the most popular ways to think about a right to privacy, especially today in non-Christian ethical theories. But as Christians, we think about a right to privacy more so based in the dignity of all people created in God's image. One of the functions of privacy in this world is that it's a way for us to care for the vulnerable among us and uphold the dignity of our fellow image bearers in this technologically rich society. As we see each day, data and information can and will be used, abused, and manipulated. It will be used for selfish ends in ways to control or to oversee or to gain clout and power over other people because of the prevailing nature of sin in our world today. Unfortunately, technology is being used and will continue to be used to strip others of their dignity as people seek to have power and control over others. One of the main ways that this is done in our digital society is through the misuse of data and information. Thus, there's a great need for us as Christians to ground a right to privacy in a transcendent reality of human dignity rather than the pursuit of the individual or individual autonomy and individual freedom. In 2022, we may see a lot more movement, specifically at the state and local and federal levels, to address these really important issues of data collection, personal privacy, and the use of this information by public and private actors alike. Lastly, one of the big issues that I think really came onto the scene in the last couple of years, but I think we're going to see a lot more movement in 2022, is the explosive growth of technology that's being used by digital authoritarians or authoritarian regimes all around the world that seek to control entire people groups and even nations themselves. While much of the focus in the West has rightly been on the nature of technology, how it's forming and shaping us as people, Throughout the world, these tools are still being used to prop up strongmen and authoritarian regimes that are bent on controlling the flow of information and subjecting their people to massive propaganda campaigns 
in order to retain power and position over the most vulnerable among us. One of the clearest examples of digital authoritarianism is seen in the continued genocide of the Uyghur people in Xinjiang region of China under the repressive Chinese Communist Party. As I recently wrote, the Chinese Communist Party uses countless forms of technology to suppress basic human rights. They surveil their citizens. They subject our fellow image bearers to some of the worst forms of mental and physical abuse. We specifically see this in the re-education camps that the Uyghur Muslims are forced into and the forced labor camps that these Uyghur Muslims are being put into. And one of the ways that the Chinese Communist Party has so much power is because they're using these powerful technological tools in their arsenal to control and manipulate others. But this heavy hand of authoritarianism really isn't just limited to the Chinese Communist Party. Nations around the world have shown time and time again, especially in 2021, that they will use whatever means necessary to limit the access of information, to suppress free expression, to suppress religious freedom, and to cut people off from the world outside them altogether. In recent years, we've seen this take place in places like Iran and Russia and Belarus and even most recently in Cuba, where the internet can simply be just turned off. And this is a really concerning trend because of the way these tools are being misused and abused to control entire people groups, entire groups of people who are created in the very image of God and have inherent dignity and value and worth. As we move into 2022, it's clear that digital authoritarianism is becoming commonplace around the world. And it's only going to continue to rise as technologies become more accurate and more accessible to those bent on suppressing basic human rights, especially religious freedom and free expression, in order to maintain power and position over other people. I really think that these four big ethical issues in technology are something that we should be focused on as we move into 2022. Because as Christians engage on some of the most pressing issues of the day, we have to do so from a rich vision of human dignity and a public theology that's rooted in the truthfulness of Scripture. While these ethical issues of technology may seem unimportant or pale in comparison to some of the others that we have in our society at times, we must remember that these concerns are central to many of the ongoing debates that we've been having for many years. As I've said a lot in our work, especially here at the RLC, technology isn't a separate set of issues. It's really core to all of the main issues that we focus on, whether it's marriage and sexuality, religious freedom, issues of biblical justice, issues of human dignity and pro-life, is that technology is an element of so many of these other larger conversations. And so as we focus specifically here at the URLC on these technology issues, we're really being able to deepen our work in these other pressing areas that Southern Baptists have called us and entrusted us to not only engage, but also to equip the local church on. As we look out onto the ethical and policy landscape of 2022, there's a lot to be hopeful about, but there are also a lot of pressing issues that need to be addressed by thoughtful and rich engagement from the church. And this is because she proclaims the goodness of God's design, the truth of the gospel to a world desperately in need of both truth and grace. And so as we continue this season and kind of launch this new season of the podcast here on the Digital Public Square, I want to encourage you to you know, subscribe to the podcast, to subscribe to the Weekly Tech Newsletter, to follow along with a lot of our work that we do here at the ERLC. These issues are indeed important, and it's something that we as the ERLC believe in, and it's something that we think that is important for the church to be thinking in, and how do we navigate some of the most pressing issues in the digital public square today.
Well, from all of us here in the Digital Public Square, I want to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app? These reviews really help us to know how we're doing and also to share the word about the podcast with others. As a reminder, you can grab a link to the article that we talk about today, as well as some of the other articles mentioned in the show notes. Also, make sure to sign up to receive the Weekly Tech email briefing that comes out each Monday morning. This resource is designed to prepare you to think deeply about the pressing ethical issues of technology today, as well as to stay up to date on the latest technology news. You can subscribe at jasonthacker.com slash weeklytech. Thank you, and I hope you have a great week. Thank you.